Hey, friends of the pod, Tyler here. Uh, before we dig into the show, I wanted to quickly acknowledge the devastation and the situation surrounding the Southeast where tornadoes and bad weather have claimed the lives of many people throughout many states, uh, specifically Kentucky. And that is a uh, terrible situation unfolding. We are actively praying for the pe- the people most impacted and communities have been leveled and people have lost their lives. And um, in situations like this, it's easy to feel helpless. And as a church, we, we feel um, compelled to uh, love our neighbors. And so we're actively looking for ways and, and practical ways in which we can do that as a church. And we're uh, contacting organizations in Kentucky specifically and churches down there to see if there's anything we can do to help. Um, so if you have connections to people who have been impacted or you yourself have been impacted, um, please reach out to us. Let us know who those organizations are, um, who those churches are that we can uh, make connections with and hopefully get some get some uh, practical things um, headed down there that we, we can offer as assistance. But in the meantime, we continue to pray for that situation. We continue to lift that situation up and ask God to have mercy on the families that have experienced loss, um, through the tornadoes. And, um, yeah, so please join us in, in, in praying for that situation and those people. Um, we, we ta- thought about get, talking about it on the show and, uh, you know, it, it, we just didn't feel like it was appropriate to bring such a, such a heavy situation, uh, heavy circumstance into the show, uh, between all of us. But I did want to quickly acknowledge that we are thinking about it. We are praying about it. We're actively trying to figure out how we can, um, participate in, in, in meaningful ways. So, uh, continue to pray for them. And, uh, so let's get on with the show. Welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and you are my middle of the chiastic structure, friend of the pod. Today, we're getting into the guts of finding peace in our families. Barry's here to tell us what Christmas is all about. But before we love like Jesus loved, now that they've repaid evil for evil, don't retaliate with insults. Instead, pay them back with a blessing and welcome in our favorite co-hosts, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Good day. You're gonna use that one. Good day. I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cut it. I'm gonna Splice edit it. it put first, it together. That first yeah, try. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, pronouncing. Yeah, we're, chiastic. We, have a, we had a little bit of a, a bumpy start. Yeah. <laughs> friend of the pod. Well, I'm not used to recording on time every week. <laughs> this is the first time in, in a, a long, long time yeah. that we've recorded on schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the podcast will come out before the end of the week, which technically is between Sundays. Look at us go. Yeah. So we're, we're on it. it. We did we're it. We're doing it, guys. Guys, what's new? How are you? We're in the we're in the throes of Christmas. Oh boy! Oh yeah. Do you feel thrown? <laughs> in the throes, yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. How do you feel? Um, I- equal parts excited and overwhelmed. You better rejoice. <laughs> it's a lot, but I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Barry, how are you? I'm good. I mean, so Liv is very much the gift giver of, of the two of us in the sense that if we are both trying to get a gift for my yeah. sister like or whatever, she's the one who's like thinking about it in October yeah. or June. And I'm, I'm thinking about it like now. <laughs> so so, <laughs> so you're a little behind. So well, I, I do my best to contribute and I'm learning this year that I'm able to contribute ideas 
as long as I apply myself to start thinking. So I, I'm able to, even though she will probably do the the heavy lifting, yeah. I can contribute ideas. And occasionally I'm able to actually do the gift, but mm-hmm. we're still figuring it out. This is our what fourth Christmas married. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're learning how to, how to navigate this because gifts is her love language. Yeah. That's not so my does, love language. Does she enjoy the finding things online? Does she go into stores and buy All things? Of it. Mm. So she enjoys yes. that. That's she, amazing. Wow. That's good. The, she enjoys, <laughs> she enjoys the idea of thinking of someone else mm-hmm. in a, it by, by looking at an object Oh yeah, and thinking this would be, they would love this she, thing. She She's must. good at that. I know she is. I was bringing my daughter's beat up makeup case to church every weekend. Yeah. Like yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> I put it backstage, put it yeah. in the bathroom, little touch-ups here and there. And I mean, it was a child's toy and mm-hmm. she saw it and it was just not befitting, I guess. Yeah, it was of, not that's right, appropriate. Of an adult woman. And so yeah. she bought me this awesome makeup yeah. case for my birthday. And I just thought, wow, yeah. like she notices things yes. like that. Yeah. And I don't ever. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I does know. this apply to her? So you're like thinking through gifts for her right now? No, no. I, I think about her gifts like a lot earlier because yeah. I've learned and you've had experience with this Tyler, yeah. but like it, I'm sure we all have, you kind of have to learn how to make the holidays special in the way that your spouse appreciates. And so I've learned that I've got to be thinking a little bit more ahead of the game of how to make Christmas special. And so gifts, especially with her. Yeah. Very important. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Maren, who's the gift buyer in your family? Well, it's me. It's always been me. (laughs) It probably should always be me. It should be me. (laughs) But this year was the first year in all 19 years of our marriage that as of Saturday, I hadn't purchased a single gift for anyone in my family. Whoa. And my husband's like, that's okay. I already got everything on Desi's list from Whoa. Amazon. Oh, Jed. He really had to step up this year because I'm in the throes yeah. of Christmas. <laughs> Jed's on it. Yeah, but Saturday was nice. I did take some time and just go out by myself. And I, so my kids have been submitting. We have like a family Google Keep. You guys use Google Keep? No. This is a no. nice advertisement for Google Keep. Yeah. It's an app Google Keep. that Marin, we use. You're, you're, you're telling us about technology. Technology. She will yeah. surprise you. <laughs> yes, she will. <laughs> yeah. So it's where we keep our running grocery list and it's been like a lifesaver. Oh yeah. Like, Brilliant. yeah. And it keeps us from double purchasing things. Usually like if Desi yeah. tells me, mom, we're out of milk, mm. but she also tells Jed, dad, we're out of milk. And then we're yeah. coming mm-hmm. home with like eight double gallons milk. of milk. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not good. So we keep it on this list. And you can check things off as you buy them and whatever. So the kids for the last, I think, three or four years have put their Christmas lists on oh. the family Google Keep. Nice. Everything Jaden is drums and drum hardware this year. <laughs> like he's the most what? expensive kid. And that doesn't sound like Jaden. Well, his birthday is within days of Christmas. Come on, Jaden. So he can usually squeeze us yeah. for a little bit more because sure. he's combining the two. And Desi's is super random. Just like it's it's just like kid stuff, like a a. What are these makeup s- kit squishmallows? Is that squishmallows? <laughs> Don't know. They're Never like a it. pillow that's squishy. <sighs> in like a ca- whatever. Kids these days. So Jen well, bought all the stuff that's on her list. She doesn't listen to the pod, so I can talk about yeah. all her Christmas stuff. But I like to buy things that are not on their list. Oh, you you go off list. I will surprise you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I like to do, uh-huh. and I like to like think of the thing that like Desi's mm-hmm. going to be like, I can't believe you remembered. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. what I tried to accomplish on Saturday. Uh, so you did it. I did. I, okay, feel, I feel so much better. You don't know how good it felt to come home and wrap presents and mm-hmm. just do something normal. Yeah. That felt really that's good. good. Yeah. Uh, I don't like buying gifts for people 
unless like we do the situation where it's like, all right, Tyler has Barry's name for Christmas. Then I'm like, right. all right, I'm on it. I know yes. exactly. But like buying a room full of people gifts, I'm no, that's not for me, right. but I know exactly like my mission now. And, and so with Lauren's family, that's what we do. I have her brother, Julian, and I've had him for like the last three years. I know exactly what he wants. Comics, Pokemon cards. Do you uh, draw names out of a hat or like? Yeah, Julian random. Is it, your... Somehow I always get him. Always you know, get actually, <laughs> I got, I got, uh, I got my brother-in-law's fiance this year. And I was like, and do that randomizer again. And <laughs> <laughs> so I got Julian. Oh my word. Uh, but what I don't, Lauren and I are figuring this out because like we know other gifts that Julian who's 10 is getting, we know what he's getting. And so she went and bought him gifts to complement the gifts that he's already receiving, like from his mom or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. She did that. And she came home and said, this is what we're getting Julian. And I'm like, I, it's I, my responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> that's my name. I Pokemon cards, comics, yeah. basketball card. Like there's no room for this. He doesn't want those sweatpants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so we're trying to sort that out. So I'm not like a huge gift giver, but I know what I want. Yeah. And I know what they want. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's my I, move. I learned something. You guys received some small tokens from me this morning. Yeah. I, I don't downplay those tokens. They're small yeah. tokens. I learned no, that, that I <laughs> do love gift giving when it's in the form of acts of service. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that till literally these gifts. And now I'm like, Oh, something's been unlocked in my mind. Did Barry, you? uh, Barry gave the leadership team at grace, a handful of everybody got custom a, yeah. cutting boards or charcuterie boards or charcuterie boards. boards. Yeah. Whatever. Made, Out of ma- handmade citrus boards, citrus one little, board. one little end grain citrus board. <laughs> it was way smaller than I meant to be, but I was just doing it from scraps. I was using chunks of, uh, some walnut that we had used for our, Live Edge Vanity. Yeah. I used that and I processed it down because I got a new plant. Wait, is this the tree? Did Thanks. you make it out of the tree that fell in your yard? No, that, oh. that's years it, in the future. That will be something I hopefully yeah. can hopefully can do, but not yet. This was your bathroom vanity, like yeah, wood that, that you had left over. There from was that like project? an extra couple of feet off of that that I. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was beautiful. I want to know: Did you have us in mind yes. when you chose the shapes? Yes. Because you gave me a meat cleaver. Yeah. What I gave you was a, was a, I, I did, I did pairs. Like the, the piece of wood that I had was like, I don't know, four inches. Looked like a little hatchet. So I resawed it down to half that size, got them flat. And then I had two matching boards. So there's pairs, three pairs Mm -hmm. of boards and then one extra one. And with each pair, I was like, what am I going to do with this one? It'll be long and thin with a handle with a live edge. These two will be classic cutting boards with a little, a little, holder thing in and yeah. big round edges. And these are going to be like serving boards with, uh, with handles. And I thought I'm going to make one of them kind of funky and different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I, I put the handle off on one side with some funky angles and it does look a little bit like a meat cleaver, it but it's a lot like a meat cleaver and I love it. Well, I just thought of it yeah. and I was like, you know what? I, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Tim and Jennifer probably do charcuterie stuff. So I'm going to give them the yeah. long one, the long handled one with the live edge. Yeah. I bet, Marin would enjoy something a little bit funky looking shape wise that could also be used for entertaining. So that's what that or so, little beatings Be- beatings. Yeah. Beatings. Some, yeah. You some. could. Yeah. That would be dangerous. <laughs> so, there were some that looked like a cricket paddle. Like that was uh, the, yeah. Yeah, the long live edge yeah. ones. Anyway, I, yes, I was thinking of each, I was like, huh, this one would be, and Marcus, since he actually does, I, well, you do a lot of cooking too, but he's like the gourmet 
chef. Oh, yes. That's like his passion. So I gave him a little, a little live edge yeah. or a little uh, end grain cutting board that yeah. would be and great. Anyway, my learning was I had an absolute blast doing that. I loved that. I was like thinking about each of you as I was working mm-hmm. on them. And I was like, this is my, this is how I give gifts <laughs> made, lo- made with love, made with love. So, well, I yep. will cherish it forever. It is beautiful <laughs> Yeah, and it's, really it's funky nice. and it's edgy. Really there nice. You go. Uh, guys, we are in week two mm. of our December series called peace on earth. And I gotta say, I, I don't always look up at the calendar and freak out, but like we're halfway through December, which means how that's possible. We're almost to January, which means we're almost to 2022. Yeah. Does this, does that matter to you? Like, does it, that hurts my heart. It hurts my heart that we (laughs) were this far into the year. I feel like the year's just gone by. I felt like 2020 crawled so slow because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. and we're just home. But this year has just kind of flown for this me. This year, it, it, see, it feels like it's been lurching like a car that's got a dying engine. Like lurching some, along. Lurching. Like sometimes I think like, man, this year is taking my entire life. And then yeah. the next thing I, it's like, wait, three months just went by and I don't know what's going on. So time is very fluid yeah. this year. Yeah. I don't know how we're already almost to 2022. No, yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. Nothing about this year felt slow. I feel like I've been running full speed on a treadmill <laughs> all year long. So. All right. So we're in week two, uh, peace on earth. Yeah. Focusing on peace in your family, right? Not my family, but well, peace, yeah. peace on my family, peace on peace, peace around. Yes. The peace, peace, of, peace in your family. Week one, peace in my heart. Week peace. two, peace in my family. Yeah. Barry, you gave the, uh, the message this past weekend. So do you mind catching us up and sharing the big idea? For your sermon. It would be a privilege. Uh, yeah. So in this message, we tried. To, I tried to build on what we talked about last time, the, the idea of God's peace being more than just an absence of violence. God's peace is a return to Eden, its wholeness, its life, its abundance. And I, I asked the you question- You better rejoice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was it. Uh, how do you have peace, not just in your own heart, but how do you have peace in your family? And so mm-hmm. we looked at a passage in First Peter- is that correct? Yep. First Peter three. chapter three and verses eight through 12. He's talking about, I mean, he's talking about Christian community in general, but it, to me, a lot, a lot of it was applicable to relationships within our own family. And yeah. so we looked at this passage and talked about what is it, what does it mean? How do we have peace in our families this Christmas? And ultimately my conclusion was, and it's going to sound obvious, but if we want to experience peace in our families this Christmas, we have to learn how to love the way that Jesus loved. Mm-hmm. That's what Peter is implying is that we need to love the way Jesus loved. And that the way that he loved is through radical selflessness, yeah. which is not so easy, No, but that's, that's the way that he loved. And yeah, according want- to Peter, that's, that should be the core of the way we love one another. I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and yet I, I don't believe it's impossible. Peter gives some, some reasons why it's not impossible. Uh, one of those reasons being that, that uh, God is with us in the middle of it. Like he's watching over us. Mm-hmm. He's with us. And the other reason being, what was the other reason? Uh, there were two reasons. What was the second reason? What? Oh, cause we have God's undeserved Grace. blessing as blessing. our inheritance yeah, yeah, yeah. that we're, it's not coming out of our own willpower, willpower. It's coming out of this yeah. well of blessing and this inheritance mm-hmm. that's ours. That's it. And then the second reason being because God is with us, he's not leaving us alone in the journey. Mm-hmm. So, and then I gave some practical 
thoughts at the end. Uh, and that was my message. Yeah. So in the passage, Peter kind of goes through, Hey, here's five commands really to live a Christian life, live in Christian community. Right. In Greek, they're actually adjectives, but, but what the NLT translates them as commands. It's actually yeah. like, is that be, part of the, he's saying be peace loving or whatever, be mm. brother loving, be whatever that's, but whatever. Yeah. So NLT translates wait. them as all as different commands. Okay. Sorry. Go, continue your thought. Well, forget it now. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, be of one mind, sympathize with each other, brotherly love, be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. You kind of uh, dove deep on the the three there. The, the structure there of that, those five. Yeah. Yeah. You, you dove into the sympathizing with each other, tenderhearted and then brotherly love. Um, you said sympathizing with each other just simply means to understand the feelings of other people. Right. And when I, when I heard you say that, um, well, first of all, when I read this, I never would have been like, Oh, chiastic structure. That, that <laughs> yeah, perfect. There it is. Brotherly love. That's exactly what I need to focus, focus on. Um, but when I read like sympathize with each other and I hear what you're talking about, um, it made me think of the story of the good Samaritan mm. where like, you know, the despised man comes along and, felt compassion for the guy who got beat up. Yeah. Um, who is the neighbor, right? That is, yeah. that is my neighbor, um, took care of him. And that, that to me is sympathy. That's the ultimate active. Like I'm taking compassion mm. and I'm sympathizing with somebody, uh, tender hearted. You said is basically like loving someone at a gut level. Yeah. Gut level compassion. Yeah. And I know what hard hearted means. Like I, I talk mm. about people who are hard hearted and so tender hearted, I guess is the opposite of that. It's just, uh, if people, if people know, uh, Jeff Unruh, that's who I, that's why I think of as a tender hearted guy yeah, who yeah. loves people from a gut level. Like he, he just starts at a place of like, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so, and then you focus on brotherly love, which is, as you said, loving like Jesus, uh, and selfless, selfless love, the core of a Christian life. And so let's get practical and yeah. real and you said there's two things, like two things that you want to focus on. Um, one is paying people back with blessing. Yes. Right. Um, and, you know, and the second thing is to search for peace. And work to maintain it. That's mm -hmm. yep. a passage. So let's, let's start with paying people back with blessing. Okay. So you said this isn't just being selfless, but this is radical selflessness. Yes. Uh, how do we... And you gave some, some very, uh, 2021 examples of how we could pay someone back with blessing. Like for the, for the punching bag at our family's Christmas party, <laughs> you gave some examples of how we could pay that person back. Those were more like, yeah. who wants that? Nobody wants that. Yeah. It's impossible. Someone, but. someone raised their hand. I think <laughs> they said, I'd like to be that. I'd like to be the, I uh, think they misunderstood the question and my kids were cracking up. <laughs> Someone's really ready to be selfless. Yeah. I mean, hey, they got. I think you started with the phrase show of hands. And for some people, there's this like Pavlovian yeah. response. Yeah. You're like, like oh, hands yeah, up. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> but then you finish the sentence. Whoops. Yeah. Like, um, oh, I don't want that. So I've heard, I've heard you talk a lot, especially this year. You've probably talked about in years past, but the idea of the curse and the blessing. Yeah. Is that related to paying someone back with blessing? The, well, we don't generally think in terms of cursing and blessing in our sort of materialistic modern culture. But yes, it's all related in biblical thought. Blessing is, I mean, at its most basic to bless another person is to wish 
goodwill on them. Yeah. But I think when you look at how blessing is used specifically, that's how it was used like in the culture, but in scripture, it's not, it goes almost beyond that to bless another person is not just to, uh, is to wish that for them Mm -hmm. wholeness and life and abundance, but to actually like seek to ensure that it happens. Like you're actually acting to bless them. Mm -hmm. That's what, when we receive God's blessing, it isn't just God saying, man, I sure hope your life goes okay. It's like, no, he's actually caring for us, giving us life. So that's what we are to do to one another. And again, in this passage, paying someone back with blessing is in the context of people insulting you and Mm -hmm. persecuting you Mm -hmm. and your Mm -hmm. enemies. And and that's what what Peter's tapping into there. And Mm so to pay somebody who's hurt you or insulted you back with a blessing is not just to, to say, well, I wish you well. It's to say like, all right, I'm going to actually, you're going to insult me and I'm going to work for your well being, mm-hmm. which is wildly countercultural. Yeah. And that's why I use the words radical selflessness. Yeah. And the second thing you said we ought to do is search for peace. And the way we find peace is by paying people back with blessing. We are able to bless others because God has blessed us. Right. Yeah. I'm a little confused at the way you've chosen to outline my message. It's not the, not the way that I outlined it in my head. So I, you're saying you've made these two points. And I'm like, well, did I? Anyway, those are the two that came across to you. So it, yeah, it's those are the two things. And then there's two things from the two things uh-huh. that we, that we're going to get to in a minute. But those are like, those are like, when I was looking through your notes, it was like, here's the blessing part. And then here's the search for peace part. Sure. So sure. I, yeah, totally. <laughs> Okay. Totally. Um, one of the th- cool things though, that I did notice in your sermon is you, you kind of threw in a lot of, uh, what do they call it? Um, like supporting text. So Peter's writing this letter and you're like, actually, Matthew says something similar. Yeah. Uh, Paul says something similar. Jesus said stuff. Um, and then Peter says this and, um, basically to say, this is really important. And they're saying we ought to be paying attention to this. Do you think, so when they're writing this, when, when Peter's writing this letter, is he looking at other people's writings to be like, oh yeah, I agree with that. And now I'm going to tell the people that are going to read this, that I agree with Paul, mm-hmm. or is it just like, everybody's kind of ride, writing the same thing and it just happened that they're all saying kind of the same thing. Right. Well, it all comes from the mouth of Jesus himself. We start there, this teaching of loving your enemies, of paying people back. Like this is clearly a teaching of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, you got to remember that like even the gospels were written around the same time as these letters. Like all of this stuff is being written many decades after Jesus said these things. Most of the early church was being established on the verbal teaching, Mm. the verbal passing along of what Jesus taught. Yeah. So Peter would have been there on the, on the, the, you know, the mountain when Jesus taught, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So so he would have heard these words himself and he would have passed it on to anyone who would listen. But the fact that Peter, not just Peter did that, but like Paul did it, which meant Paul would have heard it secondhand, presumably from somebody else uh, that, that was talking about it. And Luke makes sure that it's yeah. in his gospel and Matthew makes sure it's in his gospel. And now, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a James hints at it in some non-direct ways, but same concepts are there. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, clearly this teaching must have been very fundamental to the, to the early church for all these different sources. Mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't, they didn't get in a room and decide, Hey, what are we all going to write about that? Jesus said they all were just trying to pass along the teachings of Christ. Yeah. And so would they all said the same thing? It must've been very important to the early church. Yeah. And he's quoting Psalms in this passage of first Peter three. So, you know, he's referencing 
what we would call an Old Testament book, but he's he's referencing the Psalms when he says, for the scriptures say, mm. if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your mm-hmm. lips from telling lies. He's He actually quotes a chunk of Psalm, I think it's 34. Mm-hmm. So I, I just thought that was cool because it's always, it's always, uh, it's, it's it's one thing for me to read, you know, one guy saying one thing or even sure. referencing like, here's what the scriptures say. But then it's like, oh yeah, I remember Paul saying something like this in Romans. Right. And it's kind of like backing up what Peter's saying or the other way around. Or, right. And you want to know something interesting? I didn't get into this in the message because I just kind of ran out of time to, to, to like dig into this. But I'm also seeing in the context around each of these passages that I quoted, there's almost always some reference to the concept of peace which is interesting yeah. that that in almost all of these places where uh, Jesus is talking or we're we're passing along this teaching of Jesus it also is some way connected to peace and mm-hmm. that would have been a great point mm-hmm. to make in my message but I I didn't have the time to That's yeah. what the pot is for. That's what the yep, pot is that's for. That's what we're here for. Um so yeah so it's interesting it's interesting that this is connected and yeah so this this concept of being a peacemaker mm-hmm. mm. I'll talk about that this weekend that's part of my, this next piece in our community, this next phase, but being a peacemaker, one of the interesting things that Jesus says as he's going through his beatitudes is blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called children yeah. of God. And then he goes immediately to, and blessed are you when people persecute you, which perhaps there is this sense where there's this dynamic between those who are attempting to establish and spread God's peace and the enemies, the brokenness mm. of the world pushing back where there has to be a concept of peace involved yeah. in loving your enemies. Cause those two things are in conflict enemies and peace. So yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a whole thing. I, I think we could get into That's cool. But what, what I find interesting and I'll probably mention this in my message if I can find a direct attribution, but I've heard now uh, that Dallas Willard, you know, Dallas Willard, we read a book of his recently. Yeah. We go way back. <laughs> you and Dallas, yeah. um, the late Dallas Willard. Uh, he, he talks a lot about Christian formation, Christian discipleship, and he claims that I believe loving your enemy is to him. It's the best indication of Christ likeness Mm. and spiritual maturity. Whoa. The the level to which you naturally are the kind of person who responds with love to your enemies indicates the level to which you are like Christ in Mm -hmm. your love, Mm -hmm. which is, a really provocative thing yeah. to say because I don't know that we're very good at that. But you speak for yourself. Oh, I know you're you're a great <laughs> enemy lover. But um, anyway, so that all that to say, it's yeah. it's just I think it's important, and I I'm I'm convinced that there's something here that we need to dig into, especially in this really divided time. Yeah. Even though I don't necessarily have like all the answers for exactly what to do with this. It's something that th- then this is what makes the scripture so beautiful. You come across these things, you start to see these patterns, and then it's like all right, well, next time I have a chance, I'm going to dig into this. Like mm-hmm. I want to, I want to start, I want to start fleshing this yeah. out. So, all right. So let's flesh it out. Oh, right now we're doing practice that. empathy. Oh yes. Step number one, so these are practice my three, empathy. My three sort of encouragements to people for how to sort of apply this in our families. And what were they? Practice empathy. Practice empathy. Remember grace mm-hmm. and keep going. I was going to say, don't give up. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. I made them all positive. Not negative. Um, all right. So to you guys, what does it mean? Where have you seen uh, radically selfless people or behaviors being acted like to you guys? What is practicing empathy look like in your lives? Where have you seen it? Where have you done it? Give us, give us some tangible bites that we can be like, all right, yeah, 
I got it. I mean, I, I think I'm overwhelmed with the amount of stories that immediately come to my mind because we work here and we get to see mm-hmm. stories like this in every ministry area. We see stories of people giving sacrificially and generously mm-hmm. and, and putting others ahead of themselves. We see people volunteering and serving. And I see that on the worship arts team and the production team, people who are here giving countless hours, mm-hmm. um, just again, putting others ahead of themselves and, and mm-hmm. serving. I see that. Um, I, I keep talking about, um, my friend Dora, who does our Spanish uh, interpreting and how, I mean, she first visited Grace in May, but she has already become one of our interpreters. She wants to mm. start offering um, prayer at the cross in Spanish for our Spanish speaking community. Yeah. And she is just seeking ways. Really, she's listening to the Holy Spirit because she says like, the Lord put this on my heart. I should start praying for people at the cross in Spanish. So she is paying attention and she's being aware, but she's serving she's living mm-hmm. her life to serve she's a full-time job she's busy yeah. but in what spare time she has she's here and she is serving and she's loving her community and those are just a few examples but we've got our christmas store coming like i'm overwhelmed yeah. with how many examples mm-hmm. i could give of mm-hmm. people's generosity yeah yeah the a few months ago in one of my messages uh i was preaching about or i mentioned how when dad first started, there was a congregant who came to him, uh, who said, I would like to meet. And dad just thought, Oh, I bet he wants to just encourage me or something. And I, right. I laughed and I, dad was in the front row and I was like, I was like, no offense, but dad, I'm not that naive. Like yeah. thanks to your experience. <laughs> I know never to expect that. Yeah. Well, Paul Thompson, one of our longtime grace attenders, he heard me say that his heart broke because he, with empathy thought, mm. Oh, that must how difficult must that be to not ever assume that someone has goodwill or like Mm. wants to do something good when they want to meet with you. And so he wrote me and he said, Barry, would you be willing to meet with with me? I literally just want to encourage you. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I was like, yeah, that's, that sounds <laughs> awesome. And so we met and had a great, had a great uh, meeting, had coffee. And it was, it was, that was empathy to me. Like yeah. he saw that, heard me say that. And I was making a joke. Mm-hmm. I was obviously sp- oh, being extreme. I don't always just, I'm not mm-hmm. that negative, but he took that and he was like, ah, you know, he was yeah. feeling what I was feeling and he didn't want that to stand. So he stepped into my life and, yeah. and encouraged. And so I yeah, agree good. with you, Maren. There's so many, I I'm always impressed by people who, who, and who like as a default, give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm. If so, if someone's like, oh, I can't believe so-and-so did something like that. And their first reaction is, well, maybe they're feeling this because this is what they're going through. Or maybe it could have been this like, mm. like Nope, let's get them. Like, no, they're idiots. Oh yeah. No, but like <laughs> again, Jeff Unruh. He's yeah, like, yeah. He is he a great is. example. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's my example. What about you? Do you have ideas? Well, Jeff's my example. I mean, he, he is that person where it's like, I mean, even today I was sitting in a meeting or something just being like, and Jeff's like, Oh, Tyler, that's probably so hard. I'm like, yeah, Jeff, thanks. It is hard, but he does that for everybody. Every human being is like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I know he does. Yeah. (laughs) Yesterday Jeff saw, I've got some, some definite white hairs coming in on my, and my beard, which I'm fine with, but he saw them. He's like, Hey, I just noticed that. I didn't really notice that before. I was like, yeah, I didn't have any of them before I became a pastor. This job's taking it out of me. And he was like, Oh, and I was like, no, Jeff, I'm joking. (laughs) Like it's called being 38. Like I'm not, it's just old. I'm just aging. It's not not infallible. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. He's, he's a, very tenderhearted. He yeah. has that splotch nun right mm-hmm. in his gut. 
the second thing you asked us to do is remember grace. And oh, to by me, the way, before we move on, yeah, can I tell you the the biggest laugh that shocked me at how how visceral the reaction was when I said, <laughs> oh yes, I said, to, I was like talking to parents, like, do you ever think what your kids are going oh, yeah. through and stuff like that? And then I said, teenagers, when you're going around your house, you know, griping about, oh, this house is a nightmare. My parents don't understand me. I was like, do you ever think about what your parents are experiencing? What's it like raising you? Yeah. And everyone was like, what? You're like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. It was Parents. a real pressure release in the room when you said that. I was sitting with my two teens. Yeah. And that was quite a moment oh for us gosh. to share. At nine at nine fifteen, I was I had to like stop because I was like, oh, we're we're all still laughing about that. Like, yeah. That was way more than I expected. Yeah. What's it like to raise you? <laughs> Sorry, anyway, continue, yeah. Tyler. So started. second thing, remember Grace. And Grace is one of those things. It's funny because I feel like we all want it. But we all like we all expect everybody. We all expect people to give that to sure, us. Sure. But the th- we have a harder time distributing it. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, when you're dating someone and you're about to break up, and it's like, how would you prefer to be broken up with? It's like, well, I just want the honest truth. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, yeah, me too. And then you say, how would how do you how are you most likely to break up with somebody else? And they're like. Ghost them. Yeah. Just <laughs> peace out. And we're never going to talk again. So it's like, it, it, grace is like that to me where it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. we all want it and we all have the same expectation of other people or hope that other people yeah. would extend that to us. But when we are asked to extend it, it's mm-hmm. sometimes met with more resistance. What do you guys think? Yeah, you're probably right. I think, I think, yeah, I think grace is such a hard concept to wrap your mind around. A, yeah. that you deserve that you don't deserve anything like the, the grace that God has for you is so radically undeserved. It's, yeah. it's hard for you to wrap your mind around it and it's too easy to take it for granted if you don't really think about it. And as a result, yeah, if you don't think about how little you deserve the grace of God, then it's, it's really hard to think about how about offering anyone else grace yeah. uh, when they do stuff to hurt you or whatever. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think that that's necessarily universal. I know that it's hard for me. I would say it's harder for me to, extend grace than it is for me to receive grace. Mm. But again, I wish someone would just go like grab Jeff Unruh so he could come and join us on this pod because he is someone I think that has trained himself to have grace be his first reaction to a situation. Mm -hmm. I think he's trained himself to do that through a lifetime of self-giving love and studying the word and desiring to become more like Christ. I think he has done this. Mm -hmm. I've seen situations that were frustrating for lots of people. And he will be the first to say, you know, guys, it's brokenness. Yeah. What we're dealing with is brokenness. So don't, don't direct your anger at the person. It's not the person that's it's brokenness. And we all have brokenness. I think Mm. he's aware of his brokenness. And from that wellspring of wisdom, grace is what he exhibits the most. And I think working Mm -hmm. alongside him for as many years as I have that's like, oh, so that's a learned behavior. Yeah. You mean I can, I could be like that we could too. Do that. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So my biggest question after all this is, is there ever a time where you should not do these things? Is there ever a time where it's okay for me to not remember grace or practice empathy? So I'm sitting in the room and I'm listening to you talk and I'm like, <laughs> I feel like you're asking for a specific no, I'm, I, situation. I, I, no, no, no. I, I don't have anything in mind specifically, but 
like what if I'm the victim of an abusive relationship? Sure. Yeah. And I'm sitting at Christmas with my family and that person is present. Mm. Am I really expected to empathize with my abuser, with my, I mean, we call it enemy. Like what, mm-hmm. what, is there ever a time where it's like, yeah, you probably need to leave the situation. Like, you know what I mean? Instead yeah. of, I don't know. So that, that, that was my, is it ever okay for us not to put ourselves in the position where empathy and grace are required of us? I mean, I would say yes. When it comes to situations of abuse, it's really hard for me to think that God's best for a person in an abusive relationship is just to press on into that abusive relationship and just get abused more. So no, I I think in that situation you leave, that's, that's how you, I think you can extend grace to an abuser by removing their opportunities to Mm. abuse you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's an act of grace because by staying in the room, by staying in the abusive relationship, you're potentially giving them opportunities to continue living out their brokenness. Mm -hmm. So there are times when I think the graceful thing to do is to leave. Yeah. I also think there's a pretty blurry line where there's, there's, there are people who would rather just disengage yeah. than have to deal with a hard conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. don't think that's abuse necessarily. Yeah. Right. Like there's a, so I'm not, I'm not saying anything to anybody about whether yeah. your situation is abuse or not. I will say there's, I think it's up to your discernment and listening to the Holy spirit, but there are times to stay in the room and there are times you've got to cut and run Yeah, and both can be graceful depending okay. on, on the situation. That's my, that's my two cents, but yeah, I'd be interested to hear what you guys think. I love what you just said about extending grace to an abuser by removing their opportunities to abuse you. I think, yeah. I think that's going to set somebody free. Hmm. I also think that if, if you choose to remove yourself or, or remove the opportunity, it doesn't mean you stop taking the situation to the father in prayer. Right. It doesn't mean you even mm. stop taking the abuser to the father in prayer or your broken heart to the father in prayer. Cutting and running doesn't mean avoiding and denying that there's a problem. Yeah. I think you can still actively show grace by how you bring these things to the father. And yeah. 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 I, I I've wrestled with it because, you know, on one hand we say the word enemy and I'm like, well, enemy is kind of the worst. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, I don't know that I would ever be able to look somebody in the face who's the victim of an abusive relationship and say, you need to extend grace and you need to have empathy for this person. But the way you put it, Barry, is, 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 uh, is, is, is different than how I, kind of felt about it. And I, I've, I said this a while ago in a sermon about loving enemies. I, I think the definition in my mind, an enemy is someone who is standing between you and your own well-being, whether that's emotional, spiritual, physical well-being. And there are different degrees to which an, a person can be your enemy. They can be abusive, in which case it it's one thing, but it's also, you could have someone with a different ideological perspective than you. That's an enemy because from your perspective, well-being is having everybody agree with you. <laughs> and so yeah. they're standing in the way of your quote unquote well-being. So they're therefore your they're your enemy, even yeah. though it's not the same thing as as something that's far, far worse. Not, not persecution yeah. or something like that. So yeah. I, I think, yeah, it t- it takes I don't want to do a one size fits all mm-hmm. uh solution here. All I can say is that loving your enemies 
and praying for those who persecute you is a pretty clear command in scripture. Yeah. So yeah, we have to use discernment. Good. Well, I'm glad we talked on that and touched Mm -hmm. on that. Um, Where, where do we go from here? What are we doing next week? So this, this coming week, we are talking about peace in our community and I am going to, I'm going to keep pressing a little bit more into this. It's going to be touchy. Pray for me folks. Cause I'm talking about the tribalism that exists in our community right now, in our culture right now, and what I believe to be a scriptural response mm-hmm. to a time of tribalism. And I don't think any of it's going to blow your minds like, whoa, Barry came up with something new. It's not like that. It's more just, I think even in a time of like Christmas cheer, it's easy for us to be poisoned by the cultural expectations of tribalism. And so is there a path forward in light of this concept of God's peace, in light of the idea of, of grace, in Mm -hmm. light of the idea of loving our enemies, what does it look like to see peace in our community? So, yeah, that's, that's an interesting topic. And I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this next week because we all feel it. We all feel the tribalism divisiveness. We all feel it. But I was at a um, Christmas show this past weekend and the person on stage was addressing not, not divisiveness, but it was like, it's so good to be in a room full of people and singing songs of joys, songs of joy, and just such a divisive time. And I'm sitting in there and I'm like, that is true. And everybody's nodding their head saying, yeah, that's such a great thing. And that is true. But as soon as we leave that room, it's like, ah, back to our corners, you know, yeah. it's it, it, cause yeah. I know that I'm sitting in a room full of people that, uh, are on different sides and tribes and all these things. And so it, both, both or all of the sides of any thing, they all kind of feel the same way about what's needed. Like, yeah, we just need to love each other and blah. Like, you <laughs> right. know, like everybody says that Every, right. we're sitting in a room being like, yeah, we need more love. We need more Christmas songs about love and these things. Uh, <laughs> we need to love each other more. We just have to have the same opinions yeah. on capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So right. it's I'm really, I, I can't wait to see how this goes. Cause next week, uh, that's, we're pretty much wrapping up the year with, uh, with this conversation. You so mean next week's pod. Yeah. Next yeah. week's pod. That's right. Right. Cause we we're not doing Christmas one after Eve. Christmas. Right. We're doing Christmas Eve and yeah. Whoa, guys, 2022 is yeah at the doorstep. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you're preaching next week again. So we'll be back here yeah. doing that. And then uh, that'll be it. Christmas Eve. Yeah. Are you going to tell people about what's going nope. on with you? Nope. nope. All right. Nope. We'll wait. Uh, back to that later. Yeah. So nope. what I'm doing. All right, everybody. Um, <laughs> people who work at Grace Church are blessed. It truly is a blessing. Um, pastors are blessed t- to receive every seven years of employment, uh, what we call a sabbatical. And it's a gift. Uh, is it, is it a gift from the governing board? Like it, it is, it's, it's the, the congregation gifts, it, essentially the congregation gifts this to their pastors as a form of renewal. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I have been on staff for seven and a half for seven and some change years. And so I'm eligible to do that. And, uh, that is happening at the beginning of 2022. And so I won't be on the show anymore for like, <laughs> for like three months. Uh, so I will, I will uh, pass the torch on to, to you two. And um, you know, I'm sure you, Who you'll gets be fine. to use the sound effects in your absence. You know, dibs. I can't, well, one of the, it's interesting. Cause one of the rules of sabbatical is like, you can't participate in grace things. Like you can't, they you just can't. want you to disconnect completely. Yeah. So they that just don't you want you to, to like, can I listen Keep to the putting, pod? 
As long as it's not going to keep putting the burden of ministry back on yeah. your shoulders. Yeah, is it going to stress you out? Probably. Yeah. I just be like, uh, they missed that Fumble song. through this pod without yeah. you. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it, Tyler. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So so that's what's going on with me. Starting January 2, I will be um, gone for three months. And it's interesting because sabbaticals are designed to you know give you rest and refuel. There's a bunch of R words. It's like rest (laughs) and refuel and recharge, refocus and yeah, regroup, uh, all these things. And so, um, I'm going home to a, uh, two-year-old and a four-year-old and (laughs) yeah. So we're looking for opportunities to do that. Uh, but one thing I'm really excited about, and I got to experience this a little bit in quarantine 2020, um, is just kind of more time with the boys. Mm -hmm. And so I've thought, you know, maybe one day a week is like Milo's day and I get to go Mm -hmm. take Milo to do whatever he wants. And then one day is Lane's day. And you know, we get to do that every week for sounds about Yeah. And Lauren and I are trying to get away and we'll see about that. But so there's no real plans. I mean, Lauren, Lauren did tell me (laughs) that I got to get out of the house every day. Oh, I'm like daily harsh and her mellow. If I'm there, just like (laughs) (laughs) at the house, it's like, I, she's like, I have a routine. You don't need to be in here in my (laughs) messing up my space. So I got to find a place to like park it. So I'm thinking about, you know, enrolling in some auditing classes and there you go. Freshen up on some skills that I've let, uh, get a little dusty. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited and I'm thankful to grace church. Thank you. Uh, friends of the pod for, for, um, hanging tight and, and supporting and and blessing me with this 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 opportunity. It's 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 I'm something I'm really look forward looking forward to. So, yeah, one more pod and then uh, we'll take a break. We'll see if you can carry it. <laughs> we'll we'll be fine. We'll figure <laughs> yeah. it out. Yeah, we'll figure. It I out. feel like Barry, you and I have done the pod just the two of us at least two or three times. Oh, I was gonna say like six times. Was you think five so? times? <laughs> 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 yeah. I'm sure some like extreme friend of the pod yeah. would know the answer to that. Yeah, right. <laughs> they yeah. have it written down yeah, somewhere. We, we'll be okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll do one more and then uh, wrap it up for the year. But uh, for now, Marin, can you please send us out? Sure. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 